Welcome to the Rochester Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We believe that there is no message more life-changing and more relevant than the gospel. It is our earnest prayer that you will be enriched as a disciple and that you will hear the good news today. From Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. Encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Today we're going to talk about the prayers of God's people. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are humbled and in awe that the God of the universe would listen to us, would hear us, and even more would care. And even more would actively take part in response. And even more would work alongside us to change this world. God, I'm blown away by your proximity, your nearness, your willingness to be with us. God, be with us today. Today I ask that you speak, Father, for your children are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So even though our reading today came from the passage that we studied last week in the book of Revelation, technically we are pausing our Revelation series for one week to talk specifically about one of the most important practices of disciples and of churches, and that is the practice of prayer. As we see in this text from Revelation 5, that within the worship of the Lamb that's taking place in heaven's throne room, the prayers of God's people are brought to God. Right, that all of the elders and all of the beasts and all of those creatures falling down in worship before the Lamb held in their hands a harp and... Bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Multiple times in this book, you're going to hear that in the worship that is happening in heaven, remember, this is not simply a future worship that's going to take place. This is a present reality that in the throne room of heaven, the incense that is flowing up before God are the prayers of God's people. Okay, that our prayers are a part of heaven's worship. And when I think of my prayers, my requests, my confessions, my supplications, my intercessions, my clumsy words, and my groaning grief coming before God, I'm humbled to think that God would care. But what we learn from Scripture... What we learn from Jesus is that God cares deeply for us. Someone might even say that we are loved and chosen. 
Our Father wants to share an intimate relationship with each of us. And a major part of any ongoing relationship is communication. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is an ongoing communication with God. You see, for many of us, prayer is what we do when we need something or want something. And so we pray as a means of gaining a little more control over our lives or over the world. And when we view prayer like that, it's no wonder that we inevitably will find ourselves frustrated by unanswered prayers. When my world doesn't seem to come a little more under the control that I wanted to see happen. I say, God, answered, God didn't answer that prayer. But if prayer is a conversation with God, then we realize that there's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. But today I'm going to be pretty quick because I want to share, I want, I want you to hear a story uh, from a couple of ladies that I think have some things to share. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to talk quickly, why, why do we pray? Okay, so one answer might be simply that we pray because Jesus did and we should be like Jesus. That is a completely acceptable answer. Jesus prayed we should be like Jesus. Following his example seems like the right thing to do. And it doesn't take much reading in the Gospels to see that Jesus cultivated a very rich prayer life with time where he could communicate with his Father. Not only in moments of intense anxiety or anguish, such as in the Garden of Gethsemane, but in his everyday life. In Mark 1.35, we read very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Okay, or Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely spaces and prayed. Luke 6, 12, one of those days, Jesus went to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed his, his disciples, it says he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when we consider how much emphasis Jesus placed on praying, we start to understand it must be pretty important. Okay, so one reason we pray is because Jesus set for us the example to pray. You look, you look at the early church. They certainly followed that example. They pray often. Okay, other reasons we pray though. Here's, what I, here's, here's one that I think we need to hear. We pray in order to grow closer to God. When we pray to God, conversing with God about our lives, about all of it, the ups and downs, about the mundane and the exceptional, the tiring parts and the life-giving parts, when we pray about our lives to God, we, what is happening is that we are welcoming God into all of the spaces in our life. And so when I bring God my mundane life, God's presence gets to fill that space and it transforms everything. Because where God is, God makes all things new. God makes all things wonderful. God makes all things right. Okay, so I'm opening my life up for God's presence to be a more full part of my life. And the more time we spend talking and listening to God through prayer, the more we draw close to God and the more we get to know him. And this amazing thing happens as we draw near to God, guess what? He draws near to us. Uh, Psalm 1, that should be in the Bible, by the way. 
If that's not in the Bible, that should be in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I think James said it. Psalm 145, 18 says this, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, the Lord is near. Okay, so, so we pray to draw near, to grow closer to God. Next thing, we pray, so if you're keeping score, this is number three. First one was to be like Jesus. Second one was to draw near to God. Third reason we pray, we pray to align ourselves with God's will. Okay, Matthew chapter 26 gives us the best example of this with Jesus in Gethsemane. Probably the most important prayer that a Christian can learn. Because it fundamentally alters our whole life. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, it's not, if, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Okay, I grew up in a, in a church that taught us a little bit of, despite the fact that we were very much in the country, they taught us a little bit of the king's English. And so I grew up knowing not my will but thine. Okay, not my will, but thine. That, that, that your will, God, is the will that matters, not mine. And so I know what I want, but God, make me want what you want. Okay, I pray so that my will will be changed, not simply so that my will will be done. I pray so that my will will be conformed to God's will. You see, prayer is a wonderful way of reminding myself that I'm not at the center of the universe and it's not all about me. Life has always been about God and fulfilling God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And prayer helps us acknowledge that God is at the center of the universe and that God is in control. When we pray, we're also aligning ourselves with God's will. We're asking God to lead us and help us through life. We're surrendering to God, trusting God to lead us down the path that's best for us. In this sense, prayer is not simply asking God for what I want, but seeking God for what he knows I need. And through prayer, I'm better able to discern the will of God in my life. Young people, do you want to know, understand the will of God for your life better? Pray. You say, I'm not very good at it, though. That's okay. The way you get better at something is by what? Practicing. Pray more. Just keep praying until it feels a little more natural. But if you want to grow closer to God, if you want to understand more what God's will is for your life, spend more time in prayer. That's funny how I address that to the young people like the other folks don't need to hear it. <laughs> the more we surrender our plans to God, the more he will begin to work in ways that we could never have imagined. Because his plans are higher than our plans. His ways are greater than our ways. Okay, fourth thing, we pray so that we can be changed. I really like this quote by Lisa Terkurst. She said, the reality is my prayers don't change God, but I'm convinced prayer changes me. That praying boldly boosts me out of the, the stale place of religious habit into authentic connection with God himself. Okay, that prayer changes us. Prayer is one of the places where God does his best soul surgery. Right, that prayer is transformative for us. And think about it this way. When I have sinned and disobeyed God, 
I pray so that I can be forgiven. Psalm 86, 5, you, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. That when, when we sin and we fail God, we pray so that we may be forgiven. Or when temptation is strong, we pray that God will make our, our love for him even stronger. You see, it can be easy to feel alone when things are difficult. But God is always with us. And prayer reminds us that God is in control. And God will help us through whatever situation we're facing. When we're unsure about direction, we pray for God's wisdom. Prayer is how we invite God into our present situation and seek God's counsel and guidance. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. When we're overwhelmed and anxious, we pray to God for peace. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Life is loud and frantic and busy and rude and often unfair, and many of us find ourselves constantly bombarded with stress and anxiety from work and school and family and relationships and other responsibilities. And sometimes it feels too overwhelming and we don't know what to do, and this is why we need prayer for peace. It brings the kind of comfort only God can provide. Whenever we pray, we're reminded that we're not alone in this world, that God is always with us, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So even when everything else seems to be falling apart, we find hope and peace in him through prayer. When, When we feel gratitude, we pray to offer thanksgiving to God. We pray to give God thanks and praise for who he is and all that he's done in our lives and our gratitude through our prayer is an act of honoring God. It's an acknowledgement that everything we have and all the battles that we've won are because God who loves us so. Okay, so I pray because I want to be like Jesus. I pray because I want to grow closer to God. I pray because I want to align myself with God's will and I pray so that I can be changed The last thing I want to tell you about today is sometimes we pray so that the world may be changed. Okay, we pray so that I can be changed, but I also pray so that the world can be changed. Prayer is important because it helps us realize that others' needs are important. In fact, in prayer we learn to put the needs of others before our own. If if you're a parent... I know you know what I'm talking about. Because you'll pray for yourself, but man, you really pray when you're praying for your kids. When you're, when you're there next to your child's bed while they're sleeping and you're on your knees praying. You learn really quickly how to put someone else's needs in front of your own. Prayer nurtures that in us, and that's a good thing. Prayer actually trains us to be more considerate, have more empathy, and show more caring. When someone says to you, I'm having a tough time, and you say, come right here, I want to pray with you. That is God training you to not think about yourself as much. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That prayer makes us more compassionate more merciful. 
And in a world that propagates self-centeredness, the importance of prayer can't be slighted. We pray so that we can intercede for others. 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Hebrews 5.7 says that Jesus offers up prayers and supplications on our behalf when he prays. Okay, Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Intercede on their behalf in your prayer. We pray so that miracles can happen. Prayer at times is nothing less than a request to behold one of God's miracles. We pray that God's infinite power will be put on display, whether in healing or in transformation or in a saved marriage or in an intervention. And there are countless examples of people who have experienced amazing miracles as a result of prayer. Amen, Terry? God can work wonders in our lives if we let him. All right, I told you I want you to hear a couple people. I want you to hear them. Christina, will you come on up? All right, Christina and Ryan are going to come up. And I'm sorry, I'm going to make you walk all the way across. That's right. You don't have to hurry. You're good. I can fill time. There we go. Natural. Exactly. (laughs) And I I want you all to hear uh, from Christina and Ryan about how prayer has worked in their life. Hi, church. Can I move this? There we go. Okay, for those who don't know me, my name's Christina Murphy. This is my husband, Ryan. And for those who do know me, my name's Christina Murphy, and this is my husband, Randy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Heather had asked me to talk about how prayer has changed my life. And when she did, I kind of was like, okay, well, I can't really just pick one thing because we pray a lot and uh, God answers prayers a lot. And so let's go back to about a year ago when I was in probably one of the lowest places that I have been. I felt alone. I struggled as a mom. I struggled as a friend. I struggled as a Christian. And I really struggled as a wife. Um, I had no idea where I was going to turn. Not only was I praying for my marriage and my son, but I was praying to be more involved in our church. Um, A huge part of that is Adam right here. This man is amazing. God is greater. Adam is top tier. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, Here we are a year later, I have found a lovely group of ladies whom I love just like family. I have gotten more involved in my uh, life group and uh, Kristen Butler and I, we used to call them weekly check-ins 
now they're just hangouts. Like we get together all the time. She is one of my best friends and I love having a sister in Christ in her. As well as Carolyn Wilson, who called me her ride or die. Like, let's just talk about that. If that's not one of the greatest things. But it wouldn't have happened without prayer, without praying with my husband, without praying with Adam, without even praying with you. I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone and joined the prayer team. And it is one of my favorite things to be able to pray with others and see how it changes the lives of others. We would not be where we are today without prayer. That's right, amen. Ryan, do you want to add to that? Oh, I was just going to say a prayer for uh, Perfect. support. Perfect. Oh, she left me up here. I know, you're sneaking <laughs> away before the prayer is said, but all right. All right. God, please help us remember to turn to you with prayer and everything that we do, not just in times of need, but to celebrate all the good things you put in our life. God, I thank you for this church and this family, and we love you and we praise you. In your name, amen. Amen. What I love about that is you were like, there are so many things I could tell you about. So let me just tell you about what God's doing now. That was great. Uh, That was great. Also, you see, we long at this church. We long, God said, Jesus says that that, that God's house should be a house of prayer. Right? We long for this to be a house of prayer. We long to be a people of prayer. And so I'm excited to ask Heather to come up. Heather Shinsky is going to come up. And she's going to talk with us about the ministry uh, that she leads this church as one of our deacons. Um, and, and Heather is the prayer ministry, the prayer minister here at Rochester. And I want you to hear from her about how we're trying to more faithfully and more fully integrate prayer into our lives and in our life together. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm very excited to be able to share today. And when Adam and I were kind of talking about what we were going to do, everything just kind of fell into place. And I first wanted to start by thanking Dwayne Harrison. Um, About eight years ago, we were trying to decide when it was. About eight years ago, he was the one that, through in the eldership and leadership, wanted to see a prayer team established in our church that would be available on Sunday mornings for people to come and pray if you needed prayer. And um, over the years, we've been doing that. And so when I was asked to um, kind of take leadership of that, I was not for sure, you know, what that was all going to entail. And so just what did I do? Start praying about it, of course. And um, I just have had a a real passion for prayer for a long, long time. I have memories of my dad um, as a small child. We would, he would have me kneel at my bed and say prayers before I went to bed at night. Um, He would lead prayers in church. He would lead prayers in our home. Um, So I had that wonderful example from my father um, of of the gift of prayer. And then, of course, I go through childhood, my teen years, college, 
And I prayed. I still prayed once in a while. I would keep a prayer journal, not always, but I did some through college. And then started a career and had a, uh, married and had a family. And I'll tell you what, when you have children, your prayer life changes, just like Adam said earlier. It really, really starts to change. And um, so I went through those years. And then my children hit the teen years. And boy, as a mom and dad, do you find yourself on your knees um, I did a lot, and of course now I have young adult children, and I'm still praying. I pray really hard all the time. And so it's been a process for me, and I feel like my prayer life is growing and maturing. And a, a couple months ago, I shared about, you know, uh, the long illness I had with COVID and how God worked through that with me on my healing journey. And uh, my prayer life grew tremendously during that difficult time in my life. And so now I just... I, I just have this passion and I want to share it and I want us to be a church and a people of prayer. Um, I know in a group this size that there are many, many of you that have, I know you have prayer needs. And, um, and I also know that our prayer team has not been utilized a lot over the course of time. And I've been on the prayer team and I know it can be very intimidating to be up front because <laughs> you're kind of right here in the middle, the lights are on you and, and that's intimidating and some people don't feel comfortable with that and I understand that. So I did feel like there needed to be some changes made but I wasn't for sure what those changes needed to be. So what did I do? Started praying about it and thinking about it. And lo and behold, I got a call from Trudy Kessler um, one day, and she said, Heather, I have this idea. I just wanted to know if you'd be open to hearing it. And I said, sure. So she started telling me about where her daughter goes to Church Megan in uh, North Carolina. And she said, they have such an active prayer ministry. It's so awesome, Heather. And I said, well, tell me about it. And so um, she said that they don't have it up front but they use the sides of their building more, where it's more private and more quiet for people. And I was just like, okay, I like this idea. I like where this is going. So she talked to me about that. And, um, and then if, a couple weeks after that, uh, Brian Scott was sharing uh, with Adam about a friend that goes to a church and their prayer ministry is called Four Corners because they use the four corners of their building for quiet prayer time. So, Adam and I, when we got together and started talking, he loved the name, I love the name, and so today we're launching a new ministry. It's going to be called the Four Corners Prayer Ministry, and we are literally going to be using the four corners of our building now for prayer time during our services. So you can see there's a couple tables in the back, there's two tables on the side, and um, we just want people to feel more private and, um, and just feel more comfortable in that. And we're also going to be introducing a call to prayer during our worship time. Kenny's going to be doing that now, and um, it will be more of a reflective time. And you'll have time to go and pray with someone if you want to, but you can also use that uh, call to prayer to sit in the pew there and, um, and say your own prayer of reflection, or you can use that time as you want. But I also want to um, think about four elements to incorporate into this new ministry as well. And Adam hit on them uh, today, but I just want to re-say uh, re them in a different way. Um, when you come to worship from now on, if you have a praise or an adoration on your heart, um, you've seen answer to prayer 
okay? You have seen his provision in your life. You see what he's doing for you on a daily basis. Um, you see his favor in your life. Then pray with someone about that. Tell someone about all the good things God's doing in your life. And, and Adam had scriptures today about that. It's, it's, that's where commanded to do that, to praise with each other for what the good things the Lord has done. Another element would be confession. Um, James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So maybe you are struggling with a sin in your life. Maybe um, you have a relationship that's broken. Maybe you need to go to someone and make something right, but you want prayer for that. You want someone to stand in the gap and help you with that prayer. Um, I don't know if you've ever done that with someone before, if you've gone to them to make something right, or you've had a time where you've had to ask for forgiveness and confess to someone that you've sinned. I know in our marriage we have done that with each other. There is such power in that and such freedom when you surrender like that. So that would be part of what we can pray for each other for. And the other one would be, the third one would be thanksgiving. I think that one's a little bit easier for us um, in general to, to say thank you to God and, and that kind of a thing. But I know for me, um, I felt I was a thankful person until I said I went through that long illness. And um, I have such a greater sense of thanksgiving in my life now than I ever did before. Every day I wake up, First thing I do is I thank God for a brand new day, and I think about all the things that he's blessed me with. Um, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 through 18 is a, a favorite verse of mine. It says, to be or rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you're ever asking what's God's will for you, Right there it is in, in bold print. He wants you to be, have a prayerful heart, to be rejoicing and giving thanks. So that would be an element. If you have something that you want to thank God for, come share it with a team uh, prayer member um, or share it with someone right next to you in your pew. You know, it can just cultivate the sense of thanksgiving. And the last one would be our supplication or needs, which um, Adam mentioned. And I know sometimes for me in my prayer life, it's really easy for me to real to, to jump to the ask. I've been like that a lot through my Christian walk, and I'm trying to do it differently and use those other elements in my prayer life. Um, he doesn't want to hear our needs and our asks, of course. He wants to. But if today you have something in your life where you really need God to show up, you um, really, really need um, intercession, you want someone standing in the gap for you and praying for you, then Use this prayer ministry. That's what we want to be about. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable talking to someone in person, praying with them, um, a new prayer card has been created. And I want to thank Sarah Witten. She worked very hard on this. They're in the pews in front of you. And um, they say prayer, or, excuse me, prayer and praise uh, right on there. And so we want you to start utilizing these cards also. Um, the, the verse on there is from 2 Chronicles 30, verse 27. It says, and God heard them for their prayers reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. And while I've been working on different things, I came across that Bible verse and I just loved it. I just loved the thought that God hears us and he's in his holy dwelling place, but yet he wants to hear from us.
us, little us. He loves us that much. So feel free to start using these prayer cards. Um, they'll be there at each Sunday for you to fill in anything. Um, you can give as little or as much information on there as you want. And you can drop them. There's baskets at each of the uh, prayer stations if you want to drop it in there. And also, if that isn't convenient, um, my wonderful husband, Paul, has made two different prayer boxes. They're wooden prayer boxes. One is in the lobby on your way out. You can drop your card in there. And there's going to be one back here at the other door by the offices. There'll be one there. And you can put your card in there. And I promise you, whether you're here on a Wednesday night, Sunday morning, whenever, you can put those cards in there. And I promise you somebody will be praying for your prayer request that you have asked for. Um, also, if you have a heart for prayer and you think you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry, I would love, love for you to join our team. The commitment is about once a month that you would be someone stationed at one of these um, tables. So if you would like to do that, please, please see me. And can I mention the workshop? The last thing I just want to mention is the workshop is coming up this Saturday. You've seen it, um, whoops, okay. You've seen it advertised the last few weeks. Well, it's this Saturday, uh, 9.30 to 12, and we're going to be hearing from Jim Cimbala. He's the uh, pastor at Brook the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York City, which is a huge, huge church. And he's done a study called uh, Life-Changing Prayer. And um, the verse that he takes it out of, is the whole study that we're going to talk about, is uh, Hebrews 4.16. I don't know if you have that verse there, but that one says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. And he's going to focus on this verse. He gives really great fresh insight teaching, um, talking about um, how to approach the throne of grace, the provisions we receive when we do that. And he also is going to be talking about what happens when a church decides to really pray together. He walks, uh, there's, there's personal testimony. He walks a minister through his, uh, just basically how their whole church changed because of prayer and how the Holy Spirit worked in that. So if your spiritual life is at a point where you need a little boost or your prayer life is uh, in a law right now. Come. If you can't come for the whole thing, that's fine. But I promise you, you will leave inspired. Um, and that's my invitation. And that's, and that's this Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday, yes. At 9.30. At 9.30 in the fellowship hall. Yep. So. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you, Heather, yes, for all that you're you. doing. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Church, we want to be a people of prayer because prayer is an act of faith. Prayer demands faith. Even more, though, in the practice of continual prayer, we found our faith, we find our faith being exercised so that it grows stronger. God invites us to pray in all circumstances, the way you said, because our faith will grow. And I think the reasons people neglect prayer are understandable. Everyone experiences times when praying feels like too much hard work without any obvious reward. But if you want your relationship to grow with God, to grow deeper over time, you have to communicate with God regularly. Here, one of my mentors put it this way, and it, it meant a lot to me. Prayers unprayed are prayers unanswered. 
You see, the truth is that a lack of prayer often reveals a deeper lack of faith in God. A lack of trust. Scripture reveals that prayer is not, only the, is not only the primary way God works in my life, but also one of the primary ways that my faith can work in the lives of others around me. I'm going to say that again because that was, that was a big deal as we close. Prayer is not only one of the primary ways God works in my life, but it's one of the primary ways my faith works in the lives of others around me. Okay, that, that, that James 5.16, which you read, says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay, that my prayers have an effect and they may even have an effect on you. That your prayers will have an effect on your friends. Your prayers will have an effect on your school. Your prayers will have an effect on your job. Your prayers will have an effect on your coworkers. Your prayers will have an effect on your spouse. Your prayers will have an effect on your children. Your prayers will have an effect on your parents. Okay, this is one of the primary ways my faith has an effect on other people. I want you to think of prayer this way. God sent his son Jesus to die for us so that God could have a relationship with each and every one of us. God longs to talk with, share with, and love on each of his children. When I pray, I am saying yes to the good news of Jesus who made a way for me to talk with my father who has restored my relationship with my father even though I had messed things up Kenny go ahead and bring your team up because of Jesus I have access to the infinite resources the infinite power and the infinite love of God. And the primary way that I'm to use those resources is through prayer. Every relationship grows when we communicate. We speak, we listen, we spend time in the presence of God and we're changed by it. We're healed by it. We're strengthened by it. We're remade by it. We're restored by it. I can think of no better way than to close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. We thank you for the opportunity to listen to you. We thank you for the opportunity to praise you in adoration. We thank you for the opportunity to confess our sins. We thank you for the opportunity to give thanks to you for how wonderful you are. And we thank you for the opportunity to offer supplication and intercession for those things in the world that we know need your presence and attention. And God, we can cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. And we're humbled by it, God but we're also strengthened by it and emboldened by it. And so, God, I pray that this place will be a house of prayer.
And that as the worship in heaven goes on, that the incense that flows up from the prayers of this people will be so strong, God. God, we lift up your name in prayer. We lift up the name of your Son in prayer. By the power of the Spirit, we join with all of Christ's people throughout all generations. And we lift up glory and praise and honor to you, knowing that we are loved and chosen. In Jesus' name, amen. We sincerely thank you for listening and pray that you were blessed today. To learn more about Rochester Church of Christ, to support our ministry, or to contact us with any prayer needs you may have, head over to www.rochestercoc.org. Remember, you are loved and chosen.